You know what I love is when someone sends you a link of a local song and you open it up and you like it so much that you can actually forward it to your teenage kids. That is the test. That is the acid test for local music if it can get past my two know-everything teenage daughters, which the song that we're listening to today, Lead Me Through, did. They were really, really impressed. So I, was, I thought, okay, then we better get all of these people. Miller Brunt and Lindry Atkins. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hello. Good to be here. Thank you for having us. You both are in Victoria, now. That's correct, yes. Okay, so let's start with Miller. Um, If you had to introduce yourself as a person now, we're not talking about beyond music yet. We first have to get to know you first. If you had to introduce yourself personality-wise, what you do for a living, that kind of thing, tell us who you are. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm Miller, and I am naturally a performer, so that's part of my job. That's uh, I'm a full-time performer. I'm also a part-time music teacher. But full-time performer... um, comes naturally to me learning to take a back seat you know that kind of thing but yeah i just love people i really love people i'm people oriented so um usually the the people are more important to me than the task so um yeah I, I definitely a relational person i love my wife love my kid and uh, my family oh, how long have you been married for two years now Nice, nice. Yeah, the lacquer, the lacquer early days. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, Lindry, <laughs> you can do the same. I really love the Church of God. I love music. I feel privileged to be in ministry. Um, me and my husband, Jonathan, has the privilege of leading every nation. Willows, we've been leading it for five years. I've started in ministry in 2002 already. Um, just after matric, I went to Joyful Noise Ministries where I was there, and then we moved to Potchefstroom. But I, I'm a mother of three kids. I'm a wife to Jonathan. We've been married for 13 years. And, yes, I just love doing life with family and friends and ministering and serving God's church. So that is who I am. Okay, well, let's let people into the secret here. I work with Retief Berger, and when I met him in 2005 – he was also still unmarried, and he'd re- he was recording that first, first album of his with Liu van Yuda on there. And that's when I met Lindry, who by, at that stage wasn't married. She had this youthful glow of studentship. <laughs> but life changes. Huh? Life happens. Now you're leading a church. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Okay, in the ministry, because you've got a heart for music, Lindry. But to, yes. to lead a church, you can't just focus on that one thing that you love most. now. Nah. Definitely not. <laughs> so I, um, I love women's ministry. I have discipleship groups that I meet with women every week. I have two or three of those groups. I'm on staff full-time, which entails that I, that I lead the Sunday services worship, band rehearsal, song list. I'm also a piano teacher once a week that I really love to get kids involved, just loving piano and music as well. So that is something that I do. And just discipling worship leaders, developing music leaders, serving my husband as well on the elders team. So I don't wake up every morning wondering what I must do. <laughs> I really have enough. <laughs> I have enough on my plate. And um, yeah, so it's, it's a balanced thing as well. It's not that you only work on Sundays when you're in ministry. It's, it's a full-time thing and it's a weighty thing sometimes, but it's, it's beautiful to see God transform people 
in ministry and music is just one of the outlets that I'm really passionate about uh, God using me in that specific lane as well. Okay, Miller, we're going to get you now. Hold to your horses. We're going to get there. I just want to ask Belindri one last question. Yeah, <laughs> Beyond music, whose yeah. idea was that and the name? It was actually a collective idea. If I think about what we've as songwriters just yearned for over the past two or three years within our Every Nation Pretoria congregation, we, 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 we really knew that God laid something in our hearts, songs to proclaim prophetically over the people's lives. But it was a collective idea. And we just said this year, 2021 is the year where we feel it needs a name. We're going to launch it. We're going to brand it and we're going to write songs. So that it's just a collective idea. But Miller, now you, you're part of a group of people and they are extremely talented. I mean, we get songs Absolutely. from people from your group of people that are well produced, that are put together well. I mean, you've got Retief Berger there who's, who also listens to his song before it goes anywhere now. So it must be yes, daunting absolutely. to hear you've got and you've got what God has put inside you, but you still have to be vulnerable to put it out there and work with a group of people who actually know what they're doing, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think what's really important is to have the exactly what you're talking about, to always have people that are better than you around you. That's the only guarantee way that any musician will ever grow. So if you're always the best, then I'd say make sure that you get someone better than you around you very quickly. Uh, so that's definitely amazing, a big privilege to have uh, people that are so talented and yeah, that's the only way, I mean, when uh, Lead Me Through started the song that we're talking about this morning, it was just a rough, I mean, a few words on paper and having all these people around you really created this beautiful anointed song. And I really believe that's where the power of the song is at, you know, having this collective of people with the same heart, the same mindset, and all of us want the same thing, you know, it's to have a beautiful song that can minister to people. And I think the worst thing that we can, <laughs> you can be in this uh, environment is insecure about criticism. <laughs> or yeah. You know, so as if, if you write a song uh, or you, if you want to be called a songwriter, you need to be open to the possibility of someone saying, listen, you're talented, but this song really sucks. No. So go again. <laughs> Try again, but uh, this is not the song that we're going to use. <laughs> oh, you know, so, so it's good to keep the ego in check. I do wonder, though, you must have been writing songs before you landed up at Every Nation. So was the experience something you had to adapt to from creating something on your own and, and you know, people around you ooh and aahing versus being part of a group where you have to be subject to the group opinion? Yes, absolutely. It was a big adjustment. I think uh, in my industry, also writing songs for other artists and, you know, you get commissioned with a song, they'll tell you, listen, this is for this crowd, uh, what, 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 and people who and all about it. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to gospel music, you're really dependent on God to blow his breath or to breathe his life over a song. Because um, we know, all of us here know that we have the most talented and gifted musicians around us, especially in our churches. But what I've come to find is that um, when you get on stage without the breath of God over your voice and your vocals, then you are just a performer. And, and the scary thing is that when you perform out of that gift, the burden and all the responsibility of that uh, ministry 
falls directly on you. And there's nothing more weighty than having to try and create an anointing. <laughs> so being part <laughs> of this group and, and, and absolutely knowing that it's not about you. And I know all of us say that it's not about us. But, I mean, really coming to a place where you realize, okay, my writing is not enough. Okay. And my vocal or my musical ability is not enough to create, to actually change someone's life or to, to um, have a moment where someone's really touched by God in during music ministry or whatever it may be, listening to your song. It's really not enough. I mean, uh, if you take an artist like Chris Daughtry, you know, he's so talented. He's an insane vocalist. He's amazing. But his songs doesn't change my life. Hmm. And he doesn't facilitate a moment with God. You know, um, and I think that's really where we are all dependent on Jesus is to really, really allow him to breathe his life over our over our abilities. So, Lindry, I'm thinking by myself, because you've been in various congregations now and working with worship leaders, but I'm specifically speaking about people who've got the talent and know it. You know, mm. they've they've been from and they arrive at this congregation um, it seems to me it takes a little bit of disillusionment in your own greatness to, to, to actually get this thing that it's really not about you, to, to actually have the capacity. You know that Matthew scripture that says, do your good works in such a way that you shine a clear light so that when people see the light, they honor God the Father. I mean, that yeah. is not something you can do on your own. It's to know how to create the stuff that you create in a way that somehow God gets the glory and not you. That must be a miracle on its own. It's definitely a miracle. It's on its own. I, I, I think, Janine, what, what really helps us in the process of getting people on a stage, because the problem with the stage is the responsibility that comes with the stage. For any musician on a Sunday that gets on stage, that immediately in a public ministry, people see them. Um, and we are ministers of the Word of God and the presence of God. We are Levites. We need to not have perfect lives, but live holy lives. And if I think about just the process of pe people getting on stage, the best musicians, we've got people that has played in a lot of music productions, Afrikaans is groot, there's, there's really gifted musicians that we sometimes get that becomes part of our church, but we ask them and we, we put them through a process of discipleship, really for them to get into a place where they are not just um, ministering from their gift, but they are in a community of believers, keeping them accountable, telling them it's not about your gift. It's about your faithfulness of loving Jesus and following him and, and being used by him. So it really helps us as the leaders of the church not to be responsible for every person's spiritual journey, but they are part of connect groups and discipleship groups. So it's a challenge sometimes, but we really just trust God in the process also of just keeping people aligned with the purpose of being on stage. But that's a nice thing about every nation, this focus on discipleship and that it's not a once-off thing ever, that you don't get saved, land up in the church, and then it's your problem. This thing that you walk and you've got a journey with one another and keeping one another accountable. Because, Miller, I mean, this is not a once-off realization. Humility, surrender, um, the, the, this whole talk about responsibility can be head knowledge so quickly, but change in your heart, like in the blink of an eye, the moment you somehow step on stage on a bad night, a bad soul night, you know, <laughs> but to be part of a, of a community of people that understand the reality 
and the importance of all of those things, that reminds you of that truth as much as you need reminding, isn't it? I think well, it's so easy for when you get to a church to change your appearance or to kind of have this outside in change where you modify your, your external behavior and people think, wow, what a good Christian. But it's still possible to remain unchanged on the inside. And I think that's where I definitely agree with you. What's so amazing about, um, I think, a lot of our churches, uh, I think we have great churches, but especially about every nation. And that's why I really, why I really call it my family is um, I really learned. It's a, the past I've been at every nation since 2014. And it took me all this while to really become a son, uh, to really understand that um, mm. when you grow up in a house, when you do something wrong, um, your father doesn't throw you out of the house. But also when you do something right, <laughs> you're not necessarily the favorite. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I think that is very important. So, so it really keeps you in check to, to um, you know, on both sides. I think it's important to really embrace um, daily um, – what do you call it? Sanctification. Mm. Um, to to be able to be proud of the change that God has, um, you know, that God brought, but to also say, God, I I need, I still need to change. What uh, what is the one thing today that you really want to highlight? You know, like for instance, quite recently, I I realized that I really get irritated quickly, and it's something that I already dealt with in the past. But I just really had to um, surrender it in front of God and say, God, why do I get irritated this much? And it's not like, okay, like positive reinforcement today. I'm not going to get irritated today. I'm not going to get irritated. No, it's a, it's a thing where I just surrender it to God and say, God, but why do I get irritated? And, and, and uh, more often than not, you'll find that it's really because we don't fully understand the gospel in that area. Um, and, you know, it's just the thing of letting go of the control that we think we have. So yeah. I think that's just one example of the amazing life that we as musos have off of the stage at Every Nation, which makes the ministry on stage so more powerful. Okay, cool. Uh, Lindry, before we get into the song, I've got one last question for you quickly. As a uh, Now, the pastor and the pastor's wife, now you see all the statistics about who's there and who isn't there and what's going on in the church and all. The, the one fact of life in church life that when pastors get together, they talk about often is this 80-20 principle. 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. You've got this 20% commitment. These mm-hmm. always these guys that are in there and in the fold and in the middle, you know, the inside mm-hmm. circle kind of thing. But is it true that when discipleship, when everyone is involved in making disciples and being a dis- disciple, that those stats change, that more people are involved with more of church life. Uh, I, I totally agree with you just on the discipleship aspect. I think if we just look at what lockdown has done to the churches, some churches closed down. We had the opportunity of still equipping people, still ministering to people, People were personally involved with social responsibility things, giving food, partnering with stuff. So it's not just we are depending upon a crowd to build the church. It's not a crowd. It's people that's in fellowship with one another. And there are always visitors that come and attend the service. 
but 80% of our church serve somewhere. It's a value of our church to serve somewhere, whether it's in hospitality, whether it's at audiovisual, whether it's at um, just hosting teams. But if people serve, they become part of a family, mm-hmm. and then they, they get the vision of this is not only depending on the elders or the senior leaders of the church to build, um, to build God's kingdom. I can be used in any area where I am, whether in my work, whether in being a mother, and I'm serving on a Sunday, I'm adding to God's kingdom, and I'm giving my gifts and resources. So it really makes a big difference. The 80-20 principle, we don't experience it that much because people are buying into the, the bigger vision of being used. Okay, Mela, let's get to your song. Stunning, stunning song, Lead Me Through. Um, but it's come out of a broken place, hasn't it? Absolutely. And just, uh, yeah, I just had the privilege of singing this song. It's really a group effort. Mm. But, um, yeah, when we first started writing it, um, the idea, the, oh, the first idea behind it was, okay, COVID, this is what our country is going through. And, um, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, the whole world is going through. And um, that was the first idea. Okay, COVID, what do people need to hear? And... Yeah, we started writing this song and I never actually knew that, um, you know, uh, two or three weeks ago, my own mother passed away from COVID. And uh, I never actually knew that (laughs) this song will actually minister directly to me in this time. You know, every time I listen to it, it's a reminder that God will lead me through this time. I mean, it was a difficult year where I lost my, my father in February. I lost my father-in-law in March, hmm. and I lost my mother in July. So this is definitely <laughs> a year where I really need to pray for God to lead me through. And that's exactly what he's doing. You know, 